Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday Q&A. You might be asking yourself right now, why are Lynette and Eric wearing the exact same outfit as last week? That's because Lynette this week is up with Jake Ducey up at the Bug Out House. And, and so therefore, therefore, we are recording this on the same day we did the Q&A last week. So you're watching this. We are wearing, we didn't even get up. We just went straight to another Q&A. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, we take your questions that you email to us at questions at itmtrading.com. And we put them on the screen. We ask them live so you get a real organic response. We're only doing five questions today because we're not taking live questions because we're pre-recorded. So AJ asks, okay. with a very limited financial budget, would it be best to buy silver first since it's more affordable than gold? I am just looking to be able to buy food and rent during a reset slash crash. Well, you know, it's hard to give a blanket answer because even though you think that you're looking to be able to buy food and rent during a reset crash, there's a lot more to it. Having said that, you know, it depends on how much you have to work with because, frankly, you need both. And I've done enough studies for how both gold and silver behave during that. Maybe we should pull and that out and rerun better? that. And it's always gold that does better because that's what they reset the currency against. And there are, you don't have to buy a full ounce. There are, you know, um, sovereigns or early Swiss francs fractional or gold. fractional gold coins. Yeah. So I think that it really depends on, you know, if you're only coming in with, what's the minimum, a thousand bucks or something? Yeah. Okay, so you could do a little bit of fractional gold and then silver, because you really need both. You really do. I know a lot of people go, well, I'm stacking silver, and but I have both, and I have more gold than I do silver. But the gold will ensure you're able to pay your rent, and the silver will be able will ensure that you can buy your food, but you also might want to think about growing some food and securing your food security because we're already seeing again um, shelves and the grocery store going bare, aside from the fact that the prices are spiking. All right, so Raymond D asks, you say that gold and silver have no counterparty risk. I understand what you mean of sorts, but isn't the government the worst counterparty risk for us that hold the physical? Not according to the Bank for International Settlements. Gold held in your home runs no political risk. So um, I'm not saying that they can't uh, confiscate. I do not know whether or not they will. So personally, I like the kind of gold that is least likely to be confiscated. But I can tell you that if you don't own physical gold and silver out of the system, you have no chance. You know, I, think you I mean, they're not going to go knocking door to door saying, give me your gold and silver because there's not that many people that are holding physical gold and silver. So, well, uh, they'll do it just like they did in 33, most likely. Make it illegal, make the penalties really, really ridiculously steep, and make it the patriotic thing to do, right? right. So most people are just going to turn it in. Not everyone will, but most people are going to turn it in. It'll be right. hard to deal with because it's a black market item. But I think exactly. you nailed that question because I think that's where they were going with that was the confiscation piece. And uh, so in that sense, on bullion stuff, yes, the... the, the uh, Biggest counterparty risk would be the government if that if that should happen. Yeah. So I think you, I think you did a good job on that one. 
Thank um, you. I, I was going to say that, and then you were like, oh, but what if they do the comps? So that was awesome. Well, you know, I mean, look, history tells us that the most likely outcome is that they are going to confiscate. And I was really lucky. Well, I've been groomed for this moment in time. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I will never forget. And I, I don't think that it really made a big statement to me at the time because I was 10 years old when, when we were in my uncle's back bedroom and he showed my parents and me, because I was there, these two safes full of gold when it was illegal to hold five ounces, more than five ounces. And, you know, it wasn't until, I mean, it's many years now, but I was sitting there and I was writing and I remember I said, if you were alive like I was in 1971, and then all of a sudden that image came up in my mind and I went, oh my goodness, you know? Collectible so, gold. Collectible gold, period. Because all that gold was 33. And then... Loophole. Loophole, exactly. And then you're holding the kind of gold that you can use, not black market, in the normal marketplace, which is what I personally want to do. Yep. So, I think that answers Raymond's question. All right, so Jennifer78 asks, it appears that the banking elite are artificially depressing the prices of silver and gold by dumping worthless paper contracts on the market. Yep. I believe that they are doing this so that they can buy even more gold and silver before the reset. This low yep. price also discourages other buyers. Yep. My question is, if the banking elite own most of the gold and silver at, at the reset, how can we prevent them from being in charge again after the reset? <clears throat> well, I don't know that we're going to be, you know, because we can choose. If we come together in community, then we can choose to say no to what they have in mind. They won't be able to force us if there's enough of us that can come together and say, look, we want a more fair system and we want to have a say. We want to have choices if they just if they remain in power and nobody stands up and everything goes digital, then that means having real money outside of the system is the only way that you're ever going to be able to protect it, protect your purchasing power and protect your wealth. Because digitally, they can do anything they want. That's programmable money. Yeah. And if you have no alternative, you have no alternative. So now they remain in power and they're able to really do not nice things. And you have, and you have no choice. We we talked about this on the two weeks ago, um, Q and A. But I don't, I don't think I think the chances of them stay of the banking elite staying in power is it's it's going to happen. Like there's no there's well, no you know, way we're 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 two hundred plus years of ingrained strategy and. And but but look <clears throat> at what's been happening. And I mean, this is not the first time that we've had scandals come out of the IMF or the BIS or, or any of them. But every time that happens, it knocks the confidence. And when you when everybody has lost, that's why what's going on with inflation. Right. And first Powell is coming out and saying, oh, it's transitory, it's transitory, it's transitory. Uh, nobody believed it because it didn't feel, look, smell transitory. And now he's coming out and saying, well, it's it's here for longer. We're not going to do anything, you know, and they're writing papers on should we even pay attention to inflation expectation? I mean, they're scrambling for answers. They know that they're losing the confidence of the public. So. If they lose that, how are they going to get that back? 
Who's going to listen to them? Do they have to? Do they have yeah. to have our confidence? Yeah, they do. If they control, if if once they have a central bank digital currency in place, do they really need our confidence? They completely control every bit of the programmable money. Do they have to have our confidence? Well, people can go to a barter system. They could, but I mean, we're talking on a global scale. I mean, yeah, sure, but I mean, the chances seem way more likely to. I don't know. I, this is really, it's such a big con game. And when that confidence is lost, it's hard to get back. And if people do not have confidence <laughs> in the powers that be, they will not have confidence in the money and they won't use it. I mean, goodness, when you stop and look at even, I mean, we could not be living in more interesting times. But look at what's going on in China around their CBDC right? They brought it out. I mean, I have this whole thing, which you guys will be seeing soon. So first, they're going to work with Alipay. They're going to work with all of these private digital currencies that are out there. Mm -hmm. So they say, right? Now there's a big battle brewing because no government, and, and I don't know who's going to win this, whether it's going to be the, the private cryptos or the CBDCs. So again, you could go back to, well, that's been ingrained for, you know, well, it hasn't been 200 years, so the Fed's been around since 1913. But, you know, more than 100 years, people don't even remember when we were on a good money standard. Yeah. And yet, you know, when the CBDCs, and they tested it, China's further along than anybody else is on it, and they were still having, and they were giving this money away, and they were still having trouble with adoption. And so that didn't work, so now they've got to go attack you know, private cryptos because they figured they could just slip that in. I don't know. I, I'm not prepared to say one way or the other who's going to win this battle. I know that central banks and governments are not going to give it up e easily. It's easy, but, though, to change. I mean, but if people if don't the associate, the population doesn't associate with, like, the central bankers, right? They don't know who the central bankers are. True. Right? They just know the faces of their own government, which are easy to change and try to rebuild confidence through manipulation. I don't, I don't know. I, I think this is a very interesting battle royale. <laughs> I agree. I just, I'm very, I have, I have the utmost confidence that the central bankers are going to remain the central planners. And, and you know what? And maybe because I really don't want that. And I, I have hope. 100%. I have hope. We don't want that. I have hope. I have hope because more and more people are waking up. And yes, it requires the public to have confidence in these ruling bodies. And that confidence has been really waning for a number of years. And there certainly could be something that just makes them lose confidence. Yeah, but that's why I mean, we had to have Kaplan and Rosengren. Uh, now they have now they ha are no longer part of the Federal Reserve because that knocked the confidence of the public. Oh, no, there was it was health issues. That's why they resigned. Yeah. Yeah, because somebody's going to, what, issues. kill them? No, no, no. Was, no, I didn't see that it was health one issues. Of a, one of them said it was health issues. They didn't say they resigned because of the trading. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, well, that is a debate for sure, and only time will tell what's going to happen there. Right. 
Um, so, and I think you you hope that I'm right. I, I absolutely I'm right. I hope, you hope that, that you're right. right. I just I don't know. You know, the the Rothschilds came into power in the 1800s or the 1700s, and you know, started instituting their banking systems all around the world. That's and, true. And then they got their hands into the United States by using 20 year charters before they made the Federal Reserve, and they're just so deeply ingrained in all this that the central banks are so deeply ingrained. I just I feel like they're just going to roll out how they're going to roll this thing out how they want to roll it out, make it seem like this is all it's falling apart, but they've got this other plan to back it all up. And when, you know, I, we'll, we'll this, find out. I think, Time yeah, is I, but tell. I hope you're right. I hope I, yeah, I, 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 I hope right that too. your your hope prevails. Me, too. I'll just say that. Me, too. I can't guarantee it. But James D asks when the when the dollar falls. Who sets the value of gold and silver? He said, please don't say the government. I didn't put that on there, but he said, please don't say the government. Um, no, it's actually the central bankers that are going to revalue the currency against gold, and it'll be based on how much money is out there and how much of that money that's out there they want to cover, hence the cover ratio. And that's the unknowable, right, until they actually do that. You know, frequently, I think on average, the, the most normal ratio is a thousand to one. Could that be true this time? Sure. Could it be more? Sure. I mean, could it be less? Sure. I mean, I don't know what that cover ratio is going to be. But uh, yeah, it's the central banks and it's based on the money that they got to cover and reset and revalue. All right, so Carolyn Diaz, both you and Gregory Manorino believe that we're heading into a hyperinflationary depression. A, what does that mean? Because it sounds contradictory. And B, why should I be concerned? Oh, you should be very concerned. But what that means, and we're kind of experiencing it right now, where you have prices going up rapidly and you have growth that's declining rapidly. And we already are, so you may have heard the term stagflation. Uh, and I'm hearing that and seeing that more and more because that's exactly where we are right now. We've got slowing growth and we've got greater inflation. So a hyperinflationary depression would be that, but on steroids, because officially hyperinflation is 50% inflation, right? So we're definitely, we're not there yet, although we are pretty close in some areas. We're seeing those kinds of levels of, of inflation. But yeah, and, and that's also why when people say, you know, well, I hear about deflation, I hear about inflation, which one is it? And my response is always, it's just the opposite side of the same coin. So it actually doesn't really matter whether you're dealing with, with deflation or inflation, but there is only one way to, to deal with or fight deflation or a depression, and that is with inflation. And the only difference between inflation and hyperinflation is the speed of the inflation. So uh, why should you be concerned? Because it's going to impact absolutely everybody. And if you're not prepared, then, then you're going to be in deep doo-doo. I mean, you know, you've gotten on average 80% of the population that ends up in um, abject poverty, do you want to be part of that 80%? Because that's how it could impact you if you are not prepared for this. So at this point in time, 
it's time to cover, cover your, your assets. And here at ITM Trading, we use the Wealth Shield, and the foundation of the Wealth Shield is real money that runs no counterparty risk and is virtually, you have it in your possession, but for all intents and purposes for everybody else, it's invisible. And it holds its purchasing power intact as they hyperinflate all of that debt away, including all of the money. So just, you know, just keep in mind that we are, I can't tell you that it's going to be Tuesday morning at 835, but I do not like what I'm seeing out there. I do. And I mean, if anybody's watching, they, there's no way that they're going, oh, this is good. Yeah, we're really doing great. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse. So definitely, please, please be safe out there. And until next time, bye-bye.